welcome to the Questionably Qualified podcast covering Game of Thrones. Uh, we're here to give a preview of the upcoming Season 7, so as always, I'm here with uh, my co-host Ryan Maddock. Maddock, how are you? I'm doing pretty well tonight, John. How are you doing? Uh, doing well. Been been working on the website articles and not sleeping a responsible amount, but here we are recording at almost midnight my time and well past midnight your time, so yeah, about I'm sure one. you can sympathize. It's about one in the morning, so <laughs> this is an interesting decision. Yes, I think we're in a good headspace for uh, predicting Season 7. So let's go ahead and jump right in. Um, we're going to go region by region. So let's start in Essos, where the last thing we saw was Danny uh, forsaking Dario and setting sail for Westeros. Uh, you know, long awaited after the Miranese knot was finally untied by what else but dragons. Um, so they're on their way to Westeros. But my question for you is, do you think that we're going to spend any time in Essos now that Danny is on her way back and Arya is also back in Westeros at this point. I mean, it's possible that there's a flash to Jorah somewhere or that they, you know, allude to something in Essos. But does Essos matter again? No. I, I, I think that it's done. Um, okay. I'm a little disappointed, you know, I was really kind of hoping we'd get some big scene in a shy, in a, a, a shy by the sea or a sigh by the sea, however you pronounce it. But it just doesn't look like we're going to get that, which is, you know, kind of consistent with George, keeping some stuff mysterious. But it, it just feels like we're done, right? Like, the, these books and the show is about Westeros. It's not about... I mean, Essos matters a lot, but it feels like we're... Everything's kind of coming together for the big battle. Yeah, no, I think that's very true. Uh, I think the fact that you see Danny come back with the Greyjoys, um, allied with the Dornish, and really the only person left behind that we have any sort of emotional connection to would be Jorah and I think you're right that we'll see him at some point but the next question then would be is he going to serve a purpose this season because you know the last we saw of him he was being told to go find the cure for an incurable disease (laughs) go find the cure for AIDS (laughs) (laughs) but you know it's possible because it's grayscale and in this preview show I've already kind of warned you just as a warning to people I'm going to rely on the books a little bit more because I don't know how else to predict the the fourth and the fifth book and kind of all the books in their own way play up grayscale a lot not that it's mentioned a lot but there seems to be a certain amount of reverence that certain groups of people and that certain cultures give to grayscale would you agree absolutely i mean i think that the fact that every culture sort of is in awe of it when they see it for the first time you know in our vision um and then also the fact that they talk about shireen uh, you know, pre her burning alive, since that hasn't happened yet in the books, and how everyone is sort of shocked that they halted the the spread of grayscale. Um, it does seem like there's going to be something to it. Yeah, and in the books, like a wildling woman is like, why wasn't Shireen put to death? She carries like the demon's mark, and there's like other indications of that. Basically, the point is, is there's a character in the books that isn't in the show. Um, it doesn't matter to get into it because I don't think it matters in the books in the long run, but. That character has grayscale, so it's possible that a main character having grayscale has a big role to play, but I think there's maybe a 20% chance of that happening. So it's either that Jorah has a huge role to play in kind of the conclusion, or he has literally nothing to do anymore. And that role to play would just be as like a transmitter of grayscale or something like that. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I think that um, you know it's possible that he'll end up stumbling upon the cure, much like they did for Shireen, uh, just because again like why else just sort of send him off that way um <laughs> yeah but but i don't think that he's going to play a big role at least in this season yeah unless it's just to like they put him in a place and he transmits grayscale to a person 
Yeah, maybe which, like, you, know, you know, maybe he'll find out that the White Walker's weakness is grayscale, and he'll just go around touching all of them. Or like, you know, you could see because Griff in the book has great Griff in the book has grayscale, and like, yes. you know, you could see a scenario where that, but no, nothing in SO, certainly nothing in Bravos. Um, you know, I imagine there'll be a cutaway scene where we don't recognize anybody. You know, and there's like, and they kind of give us some piece of lore, but other than that, I don't think there'll be anything that interesting. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right, so let's move over to Westeros then. Uh, we'll start in the uh, farthest south region, so we'll start in Dorne. Uh, how quickly do you think the scene that we saw at the end of last season where the Queen of Thorns is allying herself with the Sand Snakes, the uh, surprising slash disappointing rulers of Dorne at this point, how quickly do you think those two groups, so House Tyrell and House Martell, just sort of fade into the background once Danny shows up in Westeros? Oh, they're done. They are done. You know, the Queen of Thorns, she's a liked character on the show, so she'll have some snarky fucking comments um, over the next 13 episodes. Um, but they're done. They are that now makes sense. They are now an army for Danny. Especially because you think about it, and the Queen of Thorns has no relatives left, so the, yeah. the Tyrell line has ended. So I think you're right. Her purpose is pretty much at this point just to provide um, amusing burns on people. And the Sand Snakes, I mean, besides being disappointing in the show... I feel like, I mean, what, what, I don't think they've demonstrated, if they hadn't succeeded in everything, I would say they haven't demonstrated much uh, subtlety or military planning ability. Yeah, I mean, in the books, they're good warriors, you know, they're someone that you would definitely be happy to have in an army, right? But there's right. nothing in the show that says that they're some brilliant tacticians, or they're, you know, or they're uniquely positioned to be assassins. I you know, I'll say there's in the books there's one sand snake at um, the Citadel where Sam's getting going to be trained to be a maester. So you know, it's possible that they have some, you know, pieces moving into place role to play. But I think they're generally done. I, and even then, I think that the show just might cut ties and run with Dorn. And 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 honestly, to like a thing that I've talked about with you, John George R. R. Martin originally didn't plan for book four and five to happen. And what I think is you know, not to get too far into the books, but book four and five are the only places where we have Dorne, and what we've kind of learned after the last season is that they didn't matter all that much, other than a few <laughs> things. Like, I just don't think Dorne has that big of a role to play, is basically what I'm saying. Like, I think George R. R. Martin just got a little OCD and felt the need to write, like, 2,300 pages, because he couldn't figure out how to get, like, Tyrion and Danny in the same city. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Yeah, we never had a POV character in Dorne uh, up until book four. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that the, I think that they'll have some part to play, but I just don't think that it... You know, they'll have some part to play, but they won't really move the needle in any major way, if that makes yeah. sense. So that, yeah, like they're a component of the army now, maybe they use to spearhead an attack at a certain location. But. Yeah, and maybe there's, you know, like a meeting where one of the Sand Snakes kills so, kill someone that was going to attack Danny, and it's like, okay, so they matter, but it's like... But, does, yeah. you know, that could have been insert any random palace guard kind of thing. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Um, so yeah, I think that they probably won't linger in Dorne too long. No, they're marching. Um, I think that, you know, Danny lands and they get on the move pretty much immediately. I mean, we only have 13 episodes left, so. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So do you think that Danny even goes to Dorne? Or do you think that she goes and lands uh, with her navy somewhere else, uh, possibly splitting it? I think Dorne treats with her and has, you know, food and wine with her. But I think uh, maybe, you know... Uh, drawing complete blank on Oberyn's, um, on Alaria. Alaria, there you go. Sorry, I was forgetting also the word to call her. Um, but um, 
I think that they treat, but no, I, I don't think that... I mean, it doesn't matter. Maybe Danny has dinner in Dorne. Maybe they have dinner there. People can fucking teleport in the show. They'll be in King's Landing by episode three. Um, yeah, like, and it's safe to say that no one is going to be invading Dorne, so they yeah, don't have much of a reason like, to hang out there. Like, sh- sure, maybe they'll they'll film a scene where Danny is in Dorne, but then, like, we just know that they can teleport up the entire... Like, up to wherever <laughs> they need to go. Like, they'll teleport up to the Stormlands just in, like, a day. So, like... Very true. Very true. But yes, they they will have a conversation to your question. Okay. The the last question I have there is do you think that Danny and her ships make it to Westeros on with without incident? Or do you think that they will in some way be waylaid? Uh in terms of either Storm uh reducing her numbers or perhaps the uh second Ironborn fleet under Euron Greyjoy that we assume is being built at the moment? It's possible, but and are we getting? I mean, are we getting into the full future of Danny here? Is this where we're going to discuss this? Yes, I think. I think that what I want to touch on is right now. It looks, um, you know, it, it's a pretty intimidating force she has here. She has a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, she is invading a continent where, as far as I can tell, zero people still like the king and queen. Um, so, uh, yeah, like there is no one left to support Cersei really at this point. So, in my opinion, I know you disagree with this strongly Danny in this season needs to or maybe not in this season but Danny needs to take over King's Landing and then get to the north in time to both fight the White Walkers and have a relationship with John like I think Danny and John have a relationship I know you disagree on that I like I I don't think they have time to waste with Danny anymore I think that she's just going to be moving forward you know I could see episode one consolidating the base episode two is moving up you know, towards King's Landing, episode three is taking King's Landing. Like, I think, and we'll get to this in the next part, like, I think Cersei is screwed, but I I really hope that we've run out of, there's only 13 episodes left. There really shouldn't be any time left for, oh my god, a hurricane hits Danny's forces, I wonder if they make it. Um, <laughs> like, like, she's not going to die at sea, people. <laughs> yeah, that that's fair. And I, I think, um, you know, I think the biggest the only reason I'm wondering if something does happen is that, like you said, if, if nothing happens, there's no reason that they shouldn't absolutely steamroll Cersei and the Lannisters in King's Landing. Yeah, no, I I get that point, but I think that... And here is, you know, a theme that as we're moving up north, I'm going to talk about more. And I've talked to you about this before, and I've alluded to this on this podcast. There's been... Winter is coming is one of the themes of the books in the show, right? Obviously. Yes, absolutely. You know, it's the stark words. But there's this kind of undertone that when you hear elder starks talk about the concept that winter is coming it's that you know southerners don't know what winter is and you have to be constantly preparing and if you're not ready for winter it'll kill you like i think that now the winter is here the enemies of the starks are about to get just pillaged well yeah and that's that's an especially good point i think because the last time that we know of white walkers appearing in westeros the winter was so severe that I mean, rivers were freezing, you yeah. know, south south in Westeros. So it, this is like a an unprecedented spread of both cold and winter at this point. And think about how the last two ep- think about the last two episodes. Like the last episode ended ended with the Maesters declaring winter was there. By the end of episode nine in the north, it was basically already winter. And you have Ramsay getting killed and eaten by dogs. And as you know in the books, that part will happen uh, in winter. And you have. And you have uh, Arya killing Walder Frey. Like, you're already seeing it going that way. Like, I think Cersei's screwed. So I think Danny gets up there quickly. I don't think she gets waylaid. Um, 
I think that we're going to start, you know, not that John's going to have it easy, but I think that these, you know, some of these people that basically are spring and fall enemies are about to start falling by the wayside, in my opinion. Yeah, I like that thought. Uh, and yeah, I'll touch a little bit later on why I don't think that John and, Sir, and uh, Daniel have a relationship, because we'll get to that at some point. Yeah, we'll talk about the prophecy. But it's, it's good that we have at least something we disagree on. Um, so in King's Landing... <laughs> we agree on most. Yeah, well, we talk about this so much that I feel like we end up <laughs> reaching a consensus. Yeah, we've just like reached equilibriums on most points. Right. Um, so yeah, let's let's go into King's Landing then. So the last we saw, Cersei had detonated the Sept of Baelor. Um, she killed them all real good. In a city that the people already hated her. Jamie came back and saw his sister responsible for doing exactly what he sacrificed his reputation for the rest of his life to prevent. So... And his last child killed. Remember, Tom and committed yes, suicide. Yes, and, and Tom and being dead. Yeah. Because of his sister's actions. So how how dark do we think the time... Like, is, is King's Landing living in the darkest possible timeline at this point? Oh, yeah, it's bad. I've long thought King's Landing was going to burn to the ground. And that's not where the seat of the throne will be. It's just... I, I just don't see it. Do you think Cersei is going to detonate, like, another part of the city just to keep people in line? Like, I feel like it's, it's her only way to... Maybe? I don't know. I feel like, first of all, the people, even though she was coordinated and that's how the season ended, like, you have to remember, the people in King's Landing fucking hate her right now. Yes. She just killed, she she just functionally, like, she is the leader of Rome, and she just blew up the Vatican, killing the Pope, and killing the most beloved Roman queen. Yes. That's what she just did. Cut off the food source to a city that's already starving. It's really like there's a chance that like i think king's landing gets overrun but there's a chance that cersei gets killed in an uprising in episode like there's a chance cersei gets killed in an uprising in the first 10 minutes of the first episode or there's a chance that she makes it till you know episode seven when like the walls of king's landing are finally stormed like i i I don't know but her her time is short that being said i think that jamie is the one that kills her i'm like yes pretty convinced on that one i kind of agree with that um it you know again like just because of the experience of reading these books and then watching the show anytime that there's a potential for like a poetic justice moment or a neat and tidy ending i usually just instinctually resist it and think well that's not going to happen because george likes nothing more than yoinking that sort of feeling away from us but i i agree i mean like i said jamie sacrificed everything to prevent what happened the mad king and like and as you pointed out not only did did cersei do that but it also led to his last remaining child uh, committing suicide so he i mean they've been on sort of rocky ground ever since he was captured right yeah and you gotta remember we're in the show where he raped her which is right weird but no no, i mean they've been on rough times and Remember the prophecy, too, that Cersei heard from Maggie the Frog, which is in the show, which yes. is that Valonqur, the Valonqur will kill uh, will kill you. Will, I think it's like wrap your his throat. Wrap his hands around your pale throat. That's what it is. Thank you. Um, Valonqur just means younger brother, which she interpreted to mean Tyrion, but Jaime is the younger twin. Yep. And and there is there is sort of a uh, tendency of Cersei to be t- be terrified of the prophecy and be ever so slightly wrong on each one. So that the prophecy comes true, but never in the way she interprets it to. 
Yeah, and it would be a very George thing to do and to make the prophecy true, but, you know, in that way. Like, it, it would be a very George kind of... He's, he believes in, like, almost romantic justice, but in, like, ways that make nobody happy. And that yes. would, and that would yes. be, like, a very way to do that, where you're like, oh, I'm happy Cersei's dying, but, like, her twin brother feels the need to strangle her to death, and that's, like, really sad. <laughs> um. right. right. And, uh, and yeah, I think that sort of fits in with just the idea that, you know, the entire city's against her. She's going to have an army at her gates. I could absolutely see her sort of leaning towards the wildfire button again. No, you're right. That's actually a good point. Uh, I could see her burning it all to the... I could see her burning another section of the city to the ground where, like... I could see there being a standoff in episode one or two where Jamie's like, why the hell did you do that? Right. And she was like, I had to. What other choice do we have? And he kind of begrudgingly agrees. Then in episode three or four, she burns another section of the ground and he strangles her to death. Right. Yeah. That actually sounds like a good... That sounds yeah. pretty right. So I think we agree on, on Jamie being her undoing uh, in yeah. this situation. It's the downside of having read the books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we kind of agree that the Lannisters, from a, from a military standpoint, um, in the in the wider scope of Westeros, aren't really going to be they're a not. major player anymore. I mean, they're out of people, and they're out of food, and they're like, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're out of support, they're out of people, they're, they're out of food. They're in King's Landing, far away from home. <laughs> they're out of money. We know they're out of money because they were they were supplying money to the crown and then uh, getting loans from the Iron Bank. So yeah, I think they're kind of out of options. I mean, we'll, we'll we'll get to this at some point, but I mean, other than like Frank and Gregor and like maybe Kyburn and, and like I I think that they're winding down in their impacts on the show. Yeah. Do you think that? Uh, do you think we get anything big out of out of Fra- out of the Zombie Mountain? You know, Franken Mountain this season, or do you think? Well, I told you my theory. Yes. Which is, and this is intertwined with the Riverlands, which is where Arya is. Um, I think Frank and Gregor will have a big kill this season or the beginning of next season, and I could very easily see Arya, you know, just rampaging for the first six episodes of the season, if people don't know, it's a seven-episode season, for mm-hmm. the first six and two-thirds episodes of the season, she knocks, like, eight people off her list. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then she tries to knock off Frank and Gregor and just fails, and he just crushes her skull in. Like, that seems like a really reasonable outcome. As we get into the Riverlands, I'll explain why I think Arya's probably going to die. Right. We're still not sure um, how the Franken Mountain can even be killed at this point. I mean, you yeah, saw no, him take a nice mace to the stomach. I feel like we'll still probably get the Hound versus Frank and Gregor at some point. Right? I really hope we do. Yeah, I think we'll get that. Frank and Gregor. I'm having a, I'm having trouble with that. <laughs> Zombie Mountain's easier to say. I, I, yeah. Okay. So I feel like Zombie Mountain, he's got one or two, like, quote-unquote, badass kills to make, right? Yeah, I could, I could definitely see that. Yeah, that feels right. But other than that, you know, I don't think there's much... Kyburn, I'm sure we'll have some, we'll have some really fucking creepy like two minute scenes. But I don't yeah. think he, I don't think he moves the needle in any major way. I can see that. I can see that for sure. Yeah, and again, I mean, if they were to move the needle in a major way, it would mean that House Lannister plays some large role in the in the Seven Kingdoms, and that's just not going to happen at this point. Yeah, they're done. Winners here, they're all fucked. Right. So uh, let's you know t- quickly touch on their ancestral home. Uh, is Castle Rock going to be in the action? We know that in the books, at least, it was being raided at uh, around this time. Do you think? I mean, do you think Danny just sort of rolls in and takes it in a in a power move before moving on? Or who's writing it in the books? Was that Aegon's army? 
Uh, yes, I believe that is correct. The one who may or may not be Aegon, may or may not be relevant, but will still it, it chew do, up time. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yes. This, this show is not going to rest on whose hands Casterly Rock is in at the end of this thing. So, yeah, one, same answer that I've had to a couple things. Could we maybe have 15 minutes in Casterly Rock at episode four? Sure. Does it matter? No. Okay. And and on a related <laughs> on a related note, this is one that I feel like it, it must have more than 15 minutes just because we spent so much time there yes, recently. Yes, I agree with this. But Euron Greyjoy now, I mean, is we're pretty clear that he's going to magically come up with a new armada despite not having any natural resources and presumably it taking time to build ships. I'm not a boat right, but seems like a reasonable assumption. Well, he, he ordered them to build him a thousand ships in like a weekend, and they <laughs> apparently did it. Yes. Um, so where do you think they're headed? I'm not 100% sure on where this will go. But, and I think you agree with me on this, this fleet better matter. <laughs> yes. I really, a I, huge, I really hope it does. Like, for non-book readers, a just really alarming amount of book four and five was spent putting three feet fleets in the field. Um, yes. The fleet that we'll just call Yara and Theon's fleet. It's a different person leading. It doesn't matter. That's the fleet. That's fleet one. Fleet two is Euron Greyjoy. And then there's like a third fleet where Cersei was making a fleet and someone runs off with it. So these boats have to matter. I feel like that Euron fleet and the one that escaped King's Landing are going to get combined. I feel like maybe they join forces with Cersei. Maybe they, you know, I don't know. There, there has to be something. There just has to be. I feel like the most likely is that they join with Cersei, which could exert, extend Cersei's lifespan till the end of this season. Like, that could happen in episode one or two, and it extends Cersei's lifespan till the end of this season. Yes, I, I could see that, where they end up being the mechanism to sort of even the odds in some way against uh, Danny and her army. <sighs> I just, I, the, the fleets have to matter, and I don't know how else they matter. Yes, I'm. I'm a little. I'm a little worried that it's going to It's going to end up being like a, ta-da! It's Euron and his armada again, and then like within two episodes, they're going to be set on fire and gone. Yeah, I think that's probably right. <laughs> um, as much as we claim, and I was talking about this before, we make fun of like the illogical moves of the show sometimes. But then we like bitch. We're like, well, then why did George R. R. Martin spend the neat? Like, why did he spend right. four hundred pages getting this this like fleet together? And he's like, well, because I agree with you, and the way they showed it, it was stupid. And you're like, yep. oh, <laughs> like, there's hmm. a, there there was actually some there was actually some value in just ripping that bandaid off in ten minutes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let's let's cut let's cut that down. Yeah, we did we didn't need four hundred pages to 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 get to that. Yeah. Um, so let's let's start with the lowest stakes uh, sort of question in the Riverlands. Do you think anything, you know, okay, so the last time we were there, we saw Arya killing Lord Frey, the, the awesome Frey pie scene. You know, sorry, I made you eat your kids. By the way, I'm Arya Stark and now I'm killing you. Badass. Really just masterfully executed execution there. D- do the Freys just sort of like fold in on themselves at this point in a puddle of, of cowering useless people? Or do they end up like still fielding an army. I mean, they they hold uh, River Run at the moment, the seat of House Tully, but Edmer is actually like running it because he went over to their side. So, I I kind of think that the phrase are just going to fade into the background at this point. Agree completely. I mean, you got a couple things working against you here. Only thirteen episodes left, so you got to be kind of done. But um, in the books, 
Nymera, who is Arya's wolf, is running around with a giant wolf pack. Yes. Who's probably going to kill some phrase. You have Lady Stoneheart, who's Catelyn, basically in the books, the Brotherhood Without Banners, is just on a fray genocide. Like, the, the phrase are done. And I think that this all ties into my winner has arrived, the enemies of the Starks are dead theories. And um, these ones are toast. Yeah. yeah. I can, I can be, definitely see that. There'll, there'll be some fun scenes with Freys getting killed, but they're done. Like, they don't have a major role to play anymore. I like Which it. is good. Just I agree. Fuck the phrase. I agree. Okay, so uh, speaking of Arya, what, what do we think her next stop is? I mean, she's got a lot of beefs to, to squash at this point. And she finished off Lord Frey there. Other people in the Riverlands. I mean, she's got the Hound, but again, I, I think that she's sort of come around on the Hound. Not going to kill the Hound. Time together. She's not going to kill the Hound. So do you think she's going to head north and try to reunite with her family? Or do you think she's going to head south and try to... I mean, most of her targets are in King's Landing at this point. I think she heads to King's Landing. A part of me, and I was talking to you about this, I like. I would love her to reunite with the wolf pack and then... It would be amazing. And then just like destroy things. Here's my concern about Arya, and this is going to make a bunch of people sad. Like, I don't think Arya makes it through this season unless she Ugh. gets unless she gets north. And here's that would what. make me really sad. How many times in the show, and maybe maybe she makes it this season, but she definitely doesn't make it next season if she gets north. And because how many times with the show have we heard like, you know, the lone wolf dies, the pack survives. Like we've heard that line how many times in the show? A lot, and they also reference when winter comes in particular and it, yeah, is when that happens. Because you're right, it's always in the context of winter, right? Yeah. And winter has come, and so I think that the the negative flip side to the coin, which is that all the all the Starks enemies that weren't prepared for winter, is that the Starks that weren't prepared for winter, which is Arya because she's a lone wolf, unless she gets north, you know? Yeah, yeah, I could see that. The only exception I could see that being is if George R. R. Martin's having some fun with us, and she meets up with Nymeria's wolf pack. God, that would be very satisfying. And then, because then she wouldn't technically be a lone wolf. Right. Yeah. For those for those who haven't read the books, Arya demonstrated warging abilities before uh, leaving Westeros, um, having the same sort of dreams that Bran did before Bran had received any training, and going into Nymeria's mind. Uh, Nymeria, of course, uh, she scared off in season one uh, in the Riverlands, so she's in that sort of neck of the woods. And in the books, um, her warging has shown Nymeria leading a pack of wolves to basically murder packs of men that are in the region. So, yep. we, you know, fingers crossed for that. I would love to see that happen. And if it did, it would offset some of the pain of her not making it through if she didn't make it through. But I got- just, just for flavor, I'm going to predict that she does make it to the end. But from a logic skeptical. standpoint. You sound skeptical. Yeah, from a logic standpoint, I can I can definitely see your side of that one. Because that line means something, but we'll we'll see. We'll see. Yes. And I mean no one no one should be exempt from the consequences of their actions in this story, right? And a lone assassin operating the way Arya is, I mean, they didn't show how she got out of the throne room after assassinating a sitting lord. Yeah. No, but it it, it is possible that that line ends up meaning, you know, you think it's Arya, but then at the end of this season she meets up with John, and then it's Bran that's north of the wall alone the whole time, and he has some role to play, but in, you know, the second to last episode, he dies because he's a lone wolf. You know what right. I mean? Like, that yeah. could happen. But yeah, absolutely. It's either going to be Bran or Arya, right? Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. Yeah, and pre- and it's probably Arya. Yeah, 
Um, so, okay, the, the last question we have for the Riverlands is uh, Arya's old traveling buddy, the Hound, is there the brother with the Brotherhood without banners? Uh, Thoros of Myrrh and Barret Dondarrion. Where do you think they turn their attention? Because they are also sort of just roving around with vengeance on the mind. I think that that the Hound fights Frank and Gregor. I do think we have a Clegane bull. Uh, that'd be so exciting. Um, I do think we have that this season. Excellent. I like the sound of that. And it would make sense, too. If, if the Lannisters don't make it through the season, then Frankenmountain isn't going to make it through the season. I mean, there's been a bunch of build-up, but with only 13 episodes left, there's only, like, two main questions, which is who ends up on the Iron Throne and what happens with the White Walkers, right? Right. And I just don't see the Brotherhood having... I think that they will end up moving towards King's Landing and having some big part to play in the outcome of King's Landing. I like that idea. And I think that it will probably be the Hound fighting Clegane. Yeah, I like that idea a lot. Yeah. And then do we think uh, do we think that Lady Stoneheart is going to be cited this season? I think there. I, I don't think Lady Stoneheart exists in the show. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, the the only reason I ask is that you know we we saw the Brotherhood without banners right before the last season wrapped up, and we know that they're traveling with her in the books. But I think you're right. I think at this point they've uh, they've allowed that ship to sail. Yeah, it, it it's over and. The Brotherhood Without Banners under Lady Stoneheart had a big fray killing spree, so this could be a... If they wanted to put Nymeria's wolf pack in, they could very easily replace the Brotherhood Without Banners with just one massacre by the right. wolf pack. And I I hope that that's what they do, because that'd be a badass five-minute scene. It was pretty <laughs> good. I agree. But I, I just don't see it coming. Let's uh, let's go up through the, the Swamplands in the neck and into the north. Oh, the north. John has recently been, you know elected by cheers uh the king in the north there's there's been a lot there's a lot of cheering based democracy in <laughs> surprisingly yes there really is so, dumb. so do you think at this point i think he's going to turn north like his the the primary concern he has is the impending threat of the white walkers so i don't think he gives a crap about king's landing right no john does not move south i think danny gets there by episode five at the latest not to mention the North is well protected from the South. It's not like he has to worry about an invasion. Um, they've got Moat Kalen down there in the neck, yeah, which fine. prevents anyone from coming up from the South. So, so this is a time where you. I'm gonna say this. I think that Danny and John end up in a in a relationship, and then at some point, it seems likely that John betrays and kills her in a way in in order to kill the White Walkers. You disagree with the statement that I just said vehemently, right? I do, I do, and the biggest reason for it is that I really, I would be really pissed off if this story, which sort of began with the perils of incest and the fact that you end up with a lot of people going crazy, triggering Robert's Rebellion, uh, putting them on the throne where, once again, incest was the seed of the destruction of the realm under King Robert and the War of the Five Kings, would then end with John in a relationship with his aunt. Although yeah, they are, right. they are about yeah. the same age, but, yeah, but still is aunt. Yeah. Um, so I'm basing this. I'm basing my theory solely off of a prophecy in book two, and I'm going to read the prophecy now. And I know we pulled this up, and we're going to talk about it. But this is a prophecy in the house of the undying being made to Danny. So this, bear in mind, the you in this is Danny, and it is three fires you must light, one for life, one for death, and one to love. Three mounts you must ride, one to bed, and one to dread and one to love. Three treasons you will know. Once for blood, and once for gold, and once for love. So, you hear in both the fire she must light, the love she will know, what is it? Three fires you must light, 
Oh, no. The, the fire she must light, the mount she must ride, and the treason she will know are all love. And we we think that the other six are checked off, right? It, it seems that way, yes. Yeah. That there's just the one unifying uh, love piece left for each of them. Like, the three fires she must light, one for life and one for death. The one for life is clearly the dragons. Yes. The one for death is when she burned all of the um, calls to death and unite the calisars, right? Yes, what we've only seen in the show, but yes. Easy. Mounts you must ride, one to bed, one to dread. The one to bed is Caldrogo, the one to dread is Drogon. Her black right. dragon, right? Yep. Easy. Three treasons you must know, one's for blood and one's for gold. These were a little more confusing, but John and I generally agree that the one's for blood is Mira Master, who is who um, betrayed her in the first season, and then yep. Jorah, who betrayed her in order to go back to Westeros. Right. So we're missing all of the love, and I think that's Jon Snow. I think that they'll end up dating, I think, or like dating, or like whatever the hell you want to call it. They'll end up sleeping together. Do you think that they're going to make it an awkward Star Wars scene where Jon doesn't find out that they're related until after? Of course. Um, <laughs> but, cause it, but in John's nar, in John's arc and in the, the Azor Azai, um, in his arc, you know, Azor Azai apparently, in order to temper the blade that could kill the White Walkers, he had to stab his wife in the heart with it, right? Like who his beloved was. So we got some decent allusion to what could happen there. Yes, and the only counter I would have to that piece is that we know that he does have a sword capable of killing them already. But Yeah, no, 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 I agree completely. I'm just, I come from the camp that, based on, based on you know, what we've seen, prophecies matter a lot, and that's the right. only thing that matters there. Yeah, and I, I will be sure to let you know during our in-season podcast when I come up with a better one for each of those or for all of them at once. And I will as well because I am, I, I'm likely, uh, I, or I'm similarly confused. I similarly yeah. see the holes in my theory. Yeah, yeah. I'll keep, I'll keep thinking about that as we go. All right. So, uh, so, so, sort of speaking of what I said there, just touched on for a moment. We know that John is the child of Rhaegar and Lyanna at this point. So he's half Targaryen, half Stark. Yes. John has no idea. Not the slightest. No one really in Westeros has an idea except for Bran. No, um, Howland Reed. Yes, yeah, and Howland Reed, who we haven't seen in the show since, like, in present day, since season one, maybe? He, no, he's not even in season one. I don't think we'll see Howland Reed. Okay. He never leaves the neck in the show. Bran is the only one who knows this. Um, do you think Do you think he'll be able to get that information to John this season? Before John sleeps with Danny, no. <laughs> eventually yes okay but you you see how my answer to that question is colored by my opinion <laughs> yes. on a different question <laughs> yes absolutely and yeah i mean because he has to find out some way or else or else it's stupid right like oh thanks for that that's great that you know <laughs> no because john's a, john's clearly one of the three dragon riders the third one probably Tyrion could be bran right yes yeah, and we can touch on the Tyrion potential Lannister, uh, you know, yeah. theory uh, later on at some point. But yeah, I agree that John is absolutely going to be one of them. Yeah. So at some point, the fact that he has some Targaryen blood in him is going to become apparent in matter. I just think he will have slept with Danny before that point. <laughs> God, that's tragic. I know. 
<laughs> okay, so so we think John's going to head north. Uh, he is absolutely primary concern being the White Walkers. Yeah, I would put about a 0.1% chance that he goes south to try to get King's Landing. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, yes, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm convinced that he's going north. But that leaves Sansa and Littlefinger. <laughs> I don't think that either of them seems particularly interested in freezing their ass off and making preparations at the wall. So... Here's my thing about Sansa and Littlefinger, and I talked about this in our prep. What people forget about Littlefinger, and you have to remember season one, Littlefinger betrayed Ned, and he betrayed Ned so in a way that he basically assured that Ned would get his head cut off, right? Yes, absolutely. Like, he betrayed Ned to his death and arranged this whole situation, and Sansa has no idea about that. Right. I think Sansa, like, I, I firmly think that Sansa kills Littlefinger. And Littlefinger is already once led her astray with plenty of knowledge, you know, that he held back. Exactly. Like, he knew about Ramsey Bolton, and she knows that when she learns that, she's going to be like, fuck this. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so do you think they head back towards the Vale? No, I think they stay in the North. Okay. I think that, I think that she kills Littlefinger in Winterfell. I like that idea. Maybe she stays in, in Winterfell, uh, the army stays there. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. That's going to be tough to watch John and Sansa split up if that's the case, just because it was so it was so exciting to see two I agree, stark children I agree, together but I, I just really think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I can see that. Okay, so uh, speaking of Bran, as we were earlier, what what role do we think he has to play? Last we saw, he had been taken uh, back to the Wall, still on the north side of it, and Cold Hands uh, slash Benjamin Stark just left him and Mira there at the Wall. So... They need to figure out what they're going to do next. So you're of the theory that Bran crossing the wall might break it. I, I don't think that's what's going to happen because after being imparted with Blood Raven's knowledge, Bran should know whether crossing over the threshold would destroy the wall. He definitely should. I think that, like, I think that Bran cross. He, he has some part to play. He has some mystic kind of... Maybe he'll control an animal in the right part. Maybe he'll give someone an important piece of information. But Bran has some major role to play. I don't know exactly what it is. Um, because other than the fact that he can do whatever the fuck he wants, like we just don't know a Bran. True. And of course, we don't know... I mean, maybe he does know that he will break the, the magic within the wall by crossing it. And maybe because of his green sight, he decides that that's necessary. Yeah, no, and that that's completely possible. Because Bran's, he's out there. Yeah, he's he's a long way ahead of everybody else in this world at this point. Yeah. Um, okay. So so yeah, I, I think you know it, he he either has to try to get past the wall slash you know into one of the, the castles of the Night's Watch, or I don't know, try to find another Blood Raven hole somewhere north of the wall. So so yeah, I, I I'm very curious to find out where he goes and if he sees John again in person this season. I don't know if he ever sees any Stark again in person. A part of me is inclined to say that he isn't, just because that feels right, if that makes sense. It's certainly the trajectory he's on, right? I mean, he's... Doesn't that just feel like what you think is going to happen? It does, and it also... Even though you don't have any specific point of foreshadowing. And it's also, it's hard, it's one of those things, like, with, with what he knows and with what he's capable of, you imagine it would be difficult for him to interact in a normal way with people yeah no that's that sounds right if you can like move forward and backwards in time you're kind of you know 
You know, now that I think of it, actually, this just occurred to me. It's possible that Bran ends up giving Mira that information, and Mira transmits that information to John. Yeah, no, that's possible. I think that Bran, I, I, I buy into the, I don't buy into it, but I think it's at least very possible. The whole Bran corrupts the Mad King theory uh, and tells him to build a wildfire. Yeah, that that's an interesting one. I think that's an interesting one. I think that something like that, I don't know if it's going to be that, or he tells Mira, and she's the one that tells um, Jojen, and that's why they eventually go find Bran. Like, I don't know exactly what the loop is going to be, but I feel like Bran's going to have some part to play like that, if that makes sense. Yeah, and that's that's interesting because, uh, you know, I was working on the, the article sort of doing the early history, and it was remarkably easy to find shots of the Mad King in Bran's vision sequence. Yeah, there's a lot of them. <laughs> they showed it a lot. It was not until I watched the episodes again where I was like, there's an alarming amount of the Mad King in here. Right, and, and given that we all already learned what went down in that situation from Jamie's story with Brienne, it's interesting that they would show it that prominently at this point. I agree completely. I uh, I had the same reaction. That's a very interesting theory. And you know, it would be pretty handy, uh, assuming the White Walkers make a lot of progress into Westeros, to have a giant wildfire bomb. That's true. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll have a pretty good idea within the first three or four episodes. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so... The, the last question for the North, because I thought that maybe they would make it to the wall last season based on their, their sort of pacing before that. Do you think the White Walkers will cross the wall before the season ends? Yes. Do you think it will happen before the last 30 minutes of the last episode? <laughs> <laughs> Coin flip. No, but seriously, like they definitely will. But it's I feel like it's a coin flip where... The last 30 minutes of the last episode is the wall falling. You know, that's option one. Or option two is the wall falls in episode five, and the last 30 minutes of the last episode are the dragons and Danny arriving. You know? I can see that. Sort of the, the oh shit, oh shit sort of moments. Uh, yeah, I, I don't see how it's not one of those. I don't see how it's not one of those two, though. Yeah, I can see that. And, and just for theory crafting's sake, uh, for them to cross the wall. First of all, do you think that the spells that were built into into the wall would prevent them from crossing, say, right now? Yes. Okay, so we I don't know need what they the do. wall to be destroyed in some way, or for the White Walkers to find a secret passage, or for those spells to be undone? Let me rephrase that. In the books, I think it's a yes. In the show, I think they'll make it kind of easy. I think they do cross the wall, but in the books, I think it will be, like, a big thing, if that makes sense. I like that. Um, And, yeah, you know, there are all sorts of theories out there about how that might happen. I'm sure we'll get to those later. Not not in this podcast, just in general. Okay, so we've already covered uh, how John learns about his parentage. We've touched a little bit on the Dragon Riders, uh, who the third one might be. The Tyrion as a Targaryen theory is an interesting one. Uh, The timing for it works out better than I had realized, which is... mm, sort of a bummer just from a standpoint of things really suck for a lot of people in this world yep um <laughs> but yeah the theory there just as a quick recap is tywin and the the mad king heiress were very good friends for a long time um as tywin continued to get more and more credit for the work he was doing as the hand probably deservedly so because he was an extremely good hand of the king heiress became more and more jealous it's possible that heiress had relations with Tywin's wife Joanna prior to them being married and about a year before Tyrion was born uh, somewhere somewhere within the span of one calendar year 
They visited King's Landing, and shortly after, Tywin and Joanna returned to Cashley Rock, very pissed off and sort of suddenly. So given that sort of timeline, given the fact that the Targaryens uh, and the Mad King in particular were known for children, you know, birthing children with deformities, sort of peculiarities, you, you, there are a lot of little, little suggestions that maybe uh, Tyrion is half Targaryen, half Lannister. No, I mean, I had been along, I, I did not like the theory for a while, but as we've gotten farther and farther down the line, it kind of start, is making more and more sense each season. We've seen the dragons take a liking to him when he went to go yeah. visit. Yeah, that helped. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's... I, I don't want that one to be true, but... It, it, it very well may be true. And it would be a nice, easy third dragon rider for Danny to use. Yep. Do you think that Sam... Sam Tarly, our, our good buddy Sam... <laughs> Sam... Do you think he does anything this season besides read some good books? Uh, no, I think eventually he gets a sword into the hands of someone who needs it. But other than that, no. Yeah, I kind of agree. I think that he's going to learn some valuable information that probably won't be conveyed to anyone until the final final season. That sounds about right. Like, I think he'll play a big role, but I think he just kind of runs around and fucking yeah. old town. Yeah. And, the, and there might be a subplot where Maester almost finds out about him, or it, it doesn't matter though, right? Yeah, I, I, I agree. So we already touched on this. Do, do you think that this is the season that Littlefinger falls off the ladder? Do you think that this is the season that he goes down, or do you think that that gets dragged out into the season eight? I think Sansa kills him this season. I think that Sansa somehow learns what Littlefinger's role was in killing Ned, and she destroys him with a murdering device. That would be so satisfying. I know, I want it so bad. Um, and then let's let's wrap it up with sort of the... The question that was big until the White Walkers arrived, uh, who sits the Iron Throne at the end of this season, do you think? Danny. Full I think stop. so, too. I think that John sits, the, sits in it at the, end of this, at the end of the series, but this is Danny's season. Danny's going to murder people this season. And especially given what we said about John not really having any interest in what's going on in the South right now, that leaves you pretty much either Cersei or, or Danny. And given that we both think Cersei is not going to present much of a speed bump, uh, I think it's got to be Danny. I mean, I think there's a very good chance Cersei doesn't make it through the first two episodes. <laughs> that would be awesome. All right. Well, I think uh, I think that sort of wraps up what I had. Was there anything that you wanted to touch on that we we didn't cover? No, I mean that was the main thing. I'm I'm excited to see where the first episode goes. It's uh, I feel like one one of these predictions that you and I both agreed on greatly, whether it's Dorne's involvement or whether it's what the Iron Islands are doing. Like I feel like you know it's most likely that we'll get one of the big like all the big things right, but then there'll be some small thing that we talked about for like five minutes that we just missed widely. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see what the what the season does. Yes, yeah, still still surprises in store for sure. Um, all right, buddy. Well, uh, let's call it a night for now. We're going to be uh, doing these, you know, each week, recapping the episodes as they come out. So hopefully, anyone who's listening will tune in again then. And otherwise, just uh, you know, enjoy the last few days before we have to start thinking about this even more than we already do. Can't wait, buddy. This is going to be a good time. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Bye.